Moncrief on News Talk. A culture we live in seems to be dominated by the idea of positivity. If we're not smiling or dodging sadness at every opportunity, then there's something wrong with us. But does a positive outlook really conform to the way the world is? Dr. Julie Resha suggests not. Depressive realism might be more appropriate. Julie's new book has the wonderful title of Negative Psychoanalysis for the Living Dead. Julie, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How, uh, Julie, how would you define toxic positivity? Well, I would define it as imposition of positive attitude and positive perception of the world while the world is not exactly positive and maybe there is depressed, the voice of depression or depressed outlook actually reveals something about reality better than the positive outlook. Mm, but in in that, that positive outlook, in what way is it, is it toxic? Well, it's toxic. Um, the main problem for me was positive outlook uh, that pop psychology today represents and that generally society represents is that when we encounter um, people who are in pain or who are suffering or post-traumatic subjects, we tend to um, stigmatize their voice, stigmatize their depressive outlook, and we want to uh, believe that they will get better or that everything in the world will get better. And therefore, we tend to not to notice them, not to recognize the tragedy of their existence and meaning not to notice the main thing about them. So it's not that I'm claiming that the, there is something wrong with it profoundly, that it's not adequate to reality. Maybe it is. And that the depressive outlook is more adequate the way depressive realism claims. It's just that people who are suffering tend not to be, their suffering tend not to be neglected I mean, tend to be neglected or not noticed uh, mm. with, when we have this positive outlook. Well, well, well also the, in the culture of positivity, you're, you're not allowed to be not positive. And, and, and if you're sad, people will always in, be inclined to say what's wrong, as if this is a problem that should be fixed, rather than perhaps it's just a rational reaction to the way the world is. Yes, the positive outlook and positive bias of psychology presupposes that implicitly. It won't tell you, just it implies that um, the adequate reaction to reality is the happy one, that there's the natural state of human existence is happiness, so that we're born to be happy. It's just there's something wrong with us when we're depressed or sad, and there are professionals who can fix us to be adequate back mm. again, to yeah. be happy. And uh, therefore, the whole layer of existence um, which depression or sadness open up tends to be neglected and seem as inadequate. Uh, now, interestingly enough, you would you say uh, Putinism as an example of, an, uh, of a regime that's excessively positive. Can you explain why that is? Yeah, uh, it's not that I'm trying to show what exactly the problem with, um, with Putin is, because it's far more complex than uh, any theory. Um, but it can it can be used to analyze um, Putinism and uh, Nazi regime uh, in Germany as and it's not my idea it was already done as overly positive, meaning um, trying to achieve a better version of the world in their perspective and um, justifying the damage they do by this positivity by bringing world uh, making world better place. So it's not only um, from the perspective that the way it's already normally done, uh, claiming that it's too negative uh, or obsessed with destruction. It might be seen also as overly positive and overly 
um, not self-critical enough, not depressed about themselves enough. Um, and that, yeah. in their perspective, yeah. Yeah, they want to make the world a, a, a better place in their reading of it. But I suppose in making the world a better, trying to make the world a better place that can um, uh, justify uh, all, all sorts of horrors along the way. I suppose the problem is, though, is that if you take a long, cold look at the way the world is, if you accept that things don't happen for a reason, that it, essentially it's chaos and, and we're all going to die, ha, ha, is it possible to avoid going through life and not be in a state of despair all the time? Well, uh, I'm not sure, but I think it's more like Beckett's. I can go on and I will go on. For um, most of people, maybe for all the people, it's like all together, we all, all know that we are going to die. But even more uh, terribly is that our loved, uh, our loved ones going to die. So we all, we have this, we're terrified already by this knowledge. But we still manage to somehow um, be able to go on until uh, we are not. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's um... always this, the contrast of both, not able, but somehow miraculously still able to. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would be tempting to just give up, though. It is tempting, isn't it? Uh, so why don't we give up? Well, the thing is that giving up, um, it's also a solution. And um, as a philosopher, I would question any final solution. Uh, for example, suicide might be seen as, the, as a solution, the end of suffering. Uh, so it's, there is no way out. Even the way out is not, not the way out. Yeah. Uh, well, it is because you're dead. You won't feel anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but? But maybe the only solution, which is also not a solution because you don't exist anymore. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, are you are you positing this as as a recommend a recommended way to look at life, or are you suggesting that perhaps uh, that the what t- tends to be predominant in the culture nowadays isn't correct or isn't accurate as a reflection of what life actually is? Um, in no way, I would recommend it because it's actually um, very hard to. Um, I actually missed time when I was uh, not critical to the positive orientation of uh, psychology. I just find myself as a philosopher not not able to relate to it. And I'm just exploring now what else uh, one can do if they're not able, if they find a positive attitude of uh, psychology uh, insincere. And if they're not able, if one is not able to relate to it um, naturally. But I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) <laughs> um, to anyone, it's just if you're able not to, if you're not able to relate to it, and I think society more and more is moving to questioning the uh, this positive, uh, toxic, yeah, it, toxic positive attitude. Is it situational to a certain degree? I mean, if you're if you're say wealthy and you live and you have a you know a multi-million dollar apartment off Central Park uh, in in Manhattan, it's much easier to be positive than if you just woke up this morning in Gaza. Yeah, sure. So, um, but still, I think that um, any human being uh, can be seen as traumatized. It's just some privilege is rather than is rather in hiding it from yourself. <laughs> the person who is more protected or is more, better in hiding trauma of existence from themselves. 
because of wealth, for example. It still won't end good for them. They are also going to die. Julie, uh, thanks very much for uh, speaking with us today. That was Dr. Julie Resha there, uh, author of Negative uh, Psychoanalysis for the Living Dead, Philosophical Pessimism and the Death Drive, uh, which is actually a jollier read than it might sound. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.